Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, everybody, to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom for Physicians podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu. And as you know, I tell four types of freedom, financial, time, location, and health freedom. And in that, I'm always bringing um, entrepreneurs, individuals doing things on the cutting edge, uh, trying to bring you the most up-to-date information and to motivate and inspire you. So today we have a, a really... Uh, Fascinating guest, an entrepreneur with a lot of experience with <clears throat> starting up a company, selling it. His name is Drake, and uh, we'll t- we're going to talk all about starting your own company, raising funds, um, angel investing, selling your business. So it's going to be a fantastic discussion for the audience. So Drake, welcome. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, um, you know we connected through Podmatch, and your mm-hmm. you know your record is very impressive. Um, you know you grew your company during the pandemic and you sold, you know, um, sold to an, and, uh, to the buyer and, uh, sounds like you're doing really well. So tell the audience more about yourself and how you came to be. Well, thank you. Um, so I've been a lifelong entrepreneur, uh, for started at 16. Uh, my, my dad, uh, the place my dad worked at the guy who washed their trucks had quit and they were like, Hey, is this something Drake would like to do? And I was all about it. Anything I could do to to get that Xbox that I had uh, in my in my mind's eye. And so, but ever since then, I've uh, had a few different companies that have started. I had a digital agency uh, that I started right out of, right out of school, and then uh, I worked for a few other people in kind of an entrepreneurial role, helping build some of their uh, businesses and projects. And then uh, my latest company that I had was a wireless internet service provider that I raised angel funding for and then uh, scaled and exited uh, during uh, COVID. It was a good exit, which I was very blessed to, to have had an experience during COVID that was very different than what most people went through. Um, so I feel very blessed about that, but yeah. And exited, uh, I ended up uh, working for the acquirer for a little over a year. Um, it was a, a separate contract than the sale. And uh, then uh, I'm enjoying a break, which I don't really, I've never really had one of those. So took that and now, now I'm working on uh, what's next. Nice, nice. 
Yeah, well, uh, you know, it's really interesting um, to have you, um, someone to really experience, you know, starting and then uh, exiting. It's, you know, it's very rare. Um, so whenever I get a chance to talk to founders um, about it, it's, you know, I always relish that opportunity. So Thanks. Um, like just because, like, you know, the audience is a lot of physicians, high income earners, um, you know, a lot of them haven't been where you are, done what you've been doing, but, you know, a lot of them are interested in, you know, raising funds, angel mm -hmm. investing, starting their own company. So we can, what, you tell us more about the overall process and, you know, I know this like, you know, it's wealth of experience, but we can just, you know, skim the surface. For, for raising funds? Yeah. Yeah. When you're, when you're raising funds, they're, for anybody that's raising funds, what, what, Part of it is creating your presentation first. So you have your business idea, you're looking at it, forming it, hopefully doing some testing of it. So you're able to uh, try and get a few trial customers um, to actually test the product and see our service and see if it uh, if it's something that fits. That allows you to refine things, and then you are then your most of it is just going to your network and trying to. Uh, trying to find people who are interested, who are open to investing. Uh, for me, when we raised money, uh, it was an internet service provider. So there's a little bit of uh, a fixed cost that goes into it. I can't, uh, it's the internet. So yeah, I mean, it, it's, everybody uses it. So it's pretty, pretty well-defined that the, the internet works. Um, and so for us, it was a matter of creating all of our financial performas and then the way that we were going to deploy, where we were going to deploy, why we had a strategic advantage deploying there compared to other places. And then it was just going and convincing uh, convincing other uh, investors that, that we had what it would take to, to do it. So I ended up, uh, I well, when we started, I had a partner and he had been a CEO of a publicly traded uh, telecommunications company in uh in the United States. And so we had his background and then my background, which had, uh, I'd had several uh, successful companies. And so that helped us establish a track record uh, where investors, uh, well, one investor really uh, was felt confident that we could do uh, what we said we could. Yeah. Yeah, that's quite uh, interesting. And then uh, what are some of the lessons of um, scaling and selling your business during COVID? What what were some of the key takeaways or what you've learned? Well, I think one of the most important things in scaling is you go raise the money, you have all your plans, and then you encounter the real world. And the real world is a bit different than what your PowerPoint presentation said. And so, you know, you go, you raise the money, and then then you have to actually implement the plan. And so for us, the plan was well implemented, but there, you know, there are always certain things that you don't find out. And so it's being flexible and being able to take the plan that you had and being able to adjust to what the market tells you. And so, you know, you have the you, you raise the funds and then you launch and then you kind of have a dip where you're you know, you're burning through running through capital and trying to, to get the revenue, churning the revenue coming in. And I think one thing is to be flexible with your plan, but also to, uh, to stick with it and to 
pay attention to what the market is actually saying and to adjust accordingly. So for us, when we started the company, uh, we were in the town that we started in. It was a relatively uh, small town, about 12,000 people. For us, we went in as the fastest fastest game in town. We were Everybody loved that. And we were competing with multi-billion dollar uh, internet service providers. And so as their speeds started to catch up, uh, I had to pivot to focusing on what my customer really wanted. And anybody, it's it's this is where it's really important to understand your customer and understand the way that they go through the buying process and the way they are, are looking to choose you or make a selection based on whatever's being offered. So for internet service providers, most of the time you see the the you know all the little speeds listed out and you know whether it's 100 you know 250 whatever most people don't know what that means they don't care what it means all they want is they want to come home turn on netflix and have it work and if it doesn't work they want to be able to call somebody who will fix it right away or if it's something more serious fix it within 24 to 48 hours and so with us what i realized was that was a key selling feature and being able to have that high quality service that way, instead of them sitting on hold for three hours with the other provider and then getting somebody who they can't understand, who isn't very helpful. If we were just able to provide a good experience every single time that they talk to us, we would win customers right and left over the big boys who were charging less money for faster speeds. And, but the service was just awful. And so most people don't care about what you're offering necessarily the way that you offer it. They have their own result that they want. And as long as you're able to help them get that result, you'll, that is a competitive advantage. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, so well said. And um, the other thing was um, you mentioned <clears throat> you and your partner, you had to part ways and then you had the mm -hmm. business and um, sounds like, you know, that was a tough thing. And, Tell us some of the lessons on how, how you grow a business you hate and how to build it to sell. Yeah. So telecommunications was not, it, it, I didn't, I didn't, you know, grow up going, you know what I want to do? I want to own a telecommunications company. I want to help people understand how to restart their router. Uh, <laughs> that wasn't really what I, what I wanted. Uh, but I, I, business partner had been in telecommunications and it was something that that fit his skill set a lot more than it fit mine um and so when uh, there were several things that, that that happened that led to us parting ways um and uh, for me it was i i kind of got into it and uh, you know like i mentioned you have you go raise the money and then you have that that upswing and then there's a little bit of a downswing that you just have to work through. Uh, well, part of the working through that for me was getting on roofs and doing installations because it was a wireless internet service provider. So getting on roofs, doing installations, which I don't really like working outside. I, you know, I'm working with, with technology that I'm not, you know, super thrilled about. Um, I'm having, you know, to, to answer tons of questions that, that, you know, it just it just didn't work, but I had raised money and I had an investor and I was not going to let my investor lose his money. And so what do you do? You keep pushing through it and you keep you keep grinding away. 
And, you know, ultimately that was, uh, that was what, what kind of got me through, um, was just realizing, focusing on what I'm doing every day and trying to do everything I can not to focus on how much I may dislike what I'm doing. And that was, yeah, that was, that was really the key is just to, to focus on the stakeholders and who it's going to affect and how, um, and the responsibilities that you have, uh, which is, is kind of one of those, uh, kind of one of those growing up lessons where you, you transition from, from being a boy to being a man is when you can, can you handle something, uh, that's difficult for an extended period of time, but ultimately you see a lot of times that by pushing through, uh, the reward on the other side of the difficulty uh, is is ultimately worth it. Yeah. Tell us some of the um, uh, lessons or something um, on how 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 do you prepare a business to sell or what makes a business sellable. So there's several things um, that are important when you're when you're trying to position a business to sell when. So there's different types of businesses. If you are, for instance, if you're a doctor, right now it is all the money, most of the money is reliant upon you and the service that you are personally providing. And so that business, if you were to build a practice that is based solely around you, you own all the relationships, you're the one fulfilling most of the service. And by making everything dependent on you, anybody who's buying it, their initial questions are going to be, okay, well, you're gone. What if your patients don't like me? Or what if, you know, how are the nurses, do the nurses know what they need to do if you're not telling them what to do? Are there processes in place? And so when you're building a business to sell, a lot of it is doing everything you can to make it so that the business runs without you. So maybe that is uh, getting big enough to where you are able to bring on additional doctors or whether you and making sure your nurses have procedures. Now, I, I've not run a medical practice, so I'm, I'm sure there might be something I'm missing, but those are just kind of examples of, of how you build it to where not everything runs through you. So if you think about the business um, from that standpoint, if, if, you, if it's a funnel and you have patients come in and they're funneling down, you can't be at the tip of the funnel. You have to do everything you can to create different ways for those people to funnel through so that everything doesn't go through you. And so, uh, you know, you may, even though you are the most valuable resource of the business frequently, it's just building it to where the business doesn't rely on you. Yeah. That's interesting because a lot of my, um, entrepreneur friends, you know, um, also sole businesses, they were saying the same thing is you could just walk away and it still runs, you know, for a mm -hmm. year or two. Uh, by building systems, either people or um, uh, software automation, where it just runs without you. So that's ultimately what makes it a business and not a, a self-employment or a yeah. job situation. So mm -hmm. it's been a really interesting um, conversation and really, it sounds like a customer experience is everything. And it looks mm -hmm. like that's what you focused on in your um your company, tell us, you know, the lessons you learned and why that experience is everything. Yeah. So for when you're designing a business and when you're designing the way that a customer experiences your business, it's very important to think through what that process is like. So for instance, if you have a technical business, 
are you positioning, are you writing your materials or speaking to your customer in a way that they understand? And a lot of it can be done through analogy or through something else. But in our instance, so with an internet service provider, you have people that kind of, they know, they know they want internet um, there, but they don't necessarily understand all the technical jargon that's associated with it. And so when I was training my sales employees, I'm training them on how to talk to the customer in ways that they understand. So for instance, you know, even down to as simple as what is the internet? And, you know, if, if people are, are talking about it um, in a way that's like, oh, well, with this IP address, you know, you're connecting to this server and this server is going, that, that, that all gets too confusing. Instead, if you use, if you think of the internet like a, like a water pipe and all we are doing is connecting you up to our main vein and that is what is going to flow through everything. And so you've got all these devices that are connecting that need the water and that's how we're connecting. You can see how that sounds much easier. Um, and as doctors, you guys have to do this because you're explaining very complicated, uh, very complicated bio processes to to people who like I, they didn't go to school to be a doctor. <laughs> but it, it's making that connection um, to where the way that they experience any communication is an important thing. And then taking it down to your processes. Well, what you know for most of uh, customers that are with an internet service provider, they have to fill out a big long form. And then there's a whole bunch of steps that are required for them to do. Whereas if I can take some of those things that they have to do, remove that burden from them and put it on some of my people and go, Hey, let me fill this out for you. Let me just ask you a few questions. Only going to take a second and we'll be able to, to get you going right away. Um, if someone is shopping around for an internet service provider, they don't, they don't actually enjoy making, you know, the five or six calls to all the different providers to try and understand what's going on, what makes them all different. If you can just make it easy, as soon as they talk to you, make just an easy button to where, oh no, this is easy. We can get you done. We, you know, our schedule, we can get you scheduled within the next, you know, within the next week. There's no money up front that you have to pay. You just start paying your monthly bill after we install it. All of those things make the process easy for them and it removes the work that they have to do. And most people would rather, they'll pick something easy over trying to search all over the web to find the best deal. And so that's most people. So if you can design that experience to where, you know, maybe Typical doc. And last time, you know, I go to the doctor. You go in. You have to fill out the intake form. Some of this stuff can, you know, if there's any way to automate any of that stuff to where it's an easier experience, and they're only filling in the stuff that's really important, that's going to make the experience better for them. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, yeah, it's like removing friction points. Um, exactly. And just like from going from a to b it's like you were talking about the netflix like they just want to turn on their tv and watch their mm -hmm. show they don't care like what goes on the backs like behind the scenes mm -hmm. so then you just have them just point and click um which is um what you're describing tell us uh you know final final thoughts is like why is friction killing a lot of business growth yeah i think kind of like what I was saying with customer experience, friction is anything that slows down the process. And so if you're 
looking at the way from start to finish, from the first time they contact you all the way to when they're a customer and you're leaving or they're leaving um, from, from the process. Uh, if you can look at that and go, what slows, what causes them to slow down or what causes them to have to put in more effort than is required? All of those points, you can have a winning, you can have a competitive advantage on other offices or other companies if you are just significantly easier for people to get through that process. And if they feel uh, like they are treated uh, in a special way through that whole process. And so I think that, like I said, it just comes down to process analysis. Where where are the points where they have to slow down? And so uh, I, I forget uh, one of the most important indicators in, in the economy is actually the velocity of money. So it's how fast money travels through the system. Mm -hmm. And so if you have money traveling through the system quickly, it's changing hands. And every hand that it touched, there's a, a value that's created, um, which is money that they get to spend. And then they're spending it to the next person, next person spends it. And so that velocity really matters. And the faster you can get the money in your business to cycle through, uh, the more free cash flow you'll have. And so that's, I mean, it's, it's the same thing as uh, why you would rather take cash for a patient than have to go out, fill out all the insurance forms, uh, you know, to wait for the insurance company to pay, you know, however long it takes for them to pay. It's, it's essentially the same principle. And so it's, there's way less friction if I just hand you cash than if you have to go fill out all those forms. So it's taking that, but applying it to all of the processes that are present in your office. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a really interesting conversation, um, you know, talking about growing and scaling your business. Um, uh, last thoughts, I know you have a favorite book you recommend to the audience. Uh, maybe we'll check that out and um, how people can contact you and follow you. Um, I know you're on YouTube, TikTok, um, mm -hmm. Instagram, so. Sure, yeah. Uh, a book that I recommend to a lot of people is called Getting More by Stuart Diamond. It is a it's it's a really great book about negotiation um which when you break it down negotiation is really just about communication and how to come along with people and uh, help them uh, work with you towards accomplishing your goals and so love that book read it i think five or six times it's i recommend it to everybody um, but as far as contacting me uh, i would say linkedin is probably a really good way uh, you can contact me it's uh, Drake, D-R-A-K-E, and then Cyphers is S-C-I-F-E-R-S. And so if you just search me on LinkedIn, you should should see my my picture and everything. And I'd love to love to connect, answer any questions that if anybody has anything. Um, yeah, love to do that. Yeah. And for the audience, um, all of uh, Drake's resources will be in the links and show notes. And thanks so much for your time and giving to the audience. And uh, we look forward to hearing more about your future success. Awesome. Thank you so much. I hope you really enjoyed that wonderful, inspirational, motivational piece. Again, if you, wherever you are listening, if you liked it, be sure to like, comment, share, subscribe. We're on everywhere. Spotify, iTunes, Google, Amazon, Audible. And without much ado, be sure to Thank this show's sponsors, and we'll see you next week.